let's bring in Bill Baruch, the president of Blue Line Futures. He's joining us this morning to talk financials. And Bill, welcome. Before we get into rates and the dollar and at these highs, the impact they're having on markets, I wanted to get your thoughts on how you're seeing some parallels as the market rebounds uh, from the COVID crisis, similarly uh, to, well, what we saw back in uh, 2009 as the market rebounded from the great financial crisis. Yeah, it's, it's really great discussion. It's something I've been highlighting in recent weeks in, in my morning notes. And the, uh, the trend out of that 2009 low, you know, very similar in, in how we, we, it held trend coming out of the 2020 low, uh, really more like the November, that secondary low that took place in November 2020, September 2020, and, and really held a great trend. That trend began to be broken as the Fed moved closer to tightening. So a lot of that has started to take place, but but it's not only not only there, but things within the currency space, like the Chinese yuan losing significant value, the same manner it did back in, mm. in uh, August 2015, and uh, the, the Shanghai composite blow up. I mean, so there's there's sort of market internals that that have taken place back in 2014, 2015, as the Fed moved to their tightening. The same way we're dealing with things right now. Uh, it's a really great discussion, especially as as I had uh, you know really. You witnessed that at first hand as, as my onset of, of trading, you know, from, from 2005, mm -hmm. six on. And um, it's a really great parallel for me. Most recently, I'm looking at the VIX and, I, and everybody's talking about, okay, we can't get a, an S&P bottom unless this, we have a VIX blowout. And I don't think that's the case. And, and again, I'm looking at a parallel back to August 2015 was a massive blow up. Uh, in, in August alone, the S&P sold off as much as 12% in 2015. And the VIX spiked above 50. But you know what happened is, is we end up trading back to a record high almost. And similar the way we've rebounded here in, in uh, through through March, but we then sold off in January and February of 2016. We made lower lows. Hmm. January, the VIX only got to 32, and then in uh, February, it was below 30. So um, did a bottom happen? I, I think that's something what we're seeing here is more about sellers' exhaustion. And then the last component I think is if markets are going to bring the most pain to the most number of people. I mean, we've talked about what we've seen, you know, the, the, the trash stocks, there's the, the uh, pandemic and the momentum stocks that have been, they're down 80, 90%. A lot of people's portfolios had a lot of the stuff that's been, it's been very hurt. There's institutions that have, have held some of the stuff very hurt. There's institutions that are blowing up. I mean, some concentrated positions and things like that are taking place and internally, and then there's the fear. The pan, the fear coming out of here is is almost similar to what we saw in the pandemic when the world was you know thought to be ending. So the fears there, the blowups are there. The last is you know 60 40 portfolios. They're they're seeing the pain. The rates are sure. are are rising as stocks are selling off. And then if you're hedging portfolios with a VIX strategy. It, it, during the pandemic, when COVID low came in, if you sold the low in the S and P and you had a a sort of weighted VIX strategy, you actually finished positive, even if you sold the low in the S&P and got out of your VIX. Here, there, it's not the same case, not the same case at all, where uh, the VIX has not gone above 30. If the S&P starts to rebound, as we're seeing here today, you're going to see a VIX smash. Say the S&P rips you know, 10% from here, you're sc still going to be down 12 15% on your stocks, but now you're going to be down 5 10% on your hedges. So I, I think there's a lot going on. It's, again, those parallels are there, but but right now I'm looking at the VIX. And yesterday, the the, uh, the Nasdaq volatility index, the VNX, um, that did hit a double top. Um, it really from from January's high. 
of this year, similar where we've seen these lower highs in the in the S in the regular VIX uh, through this year. So a lot going on. I think it's really great discussion. Okay, many similarities uh, indeed. Let's talk about how and we actually looked at the VIX at the top of the show, and I pointed out how we hadn't seen a new high in the VIX. It hadn't taken out that March high up around 36.50, while the indices are in a new year low prints, and it kind of uh, was flashing. Uh, well, a flag that's uh, flying for me in terms of a little bit of a divergence that you don't expect to see. But I pointed out how we've seen the Treasury start to rally back a significant amount. We've seen the yen rally back, which these were not uh, safe haven type uh, recipients or beneficiaries uh, while the indices were selling off. And then and for that matter, we've seen the dollar, which has remained at elevated levels as well, holding up uh, multi-year highs. Yeah, I think the, the currency discussion, the rate discussion is, is terrific. And, um, you know, one thing that that we were looking at is three and a quarter being a ceiling here, potentially a lower ceiling brings you a, a inverse head and shoulders on a, on a chart pattern from the from the rate side. You have a little bit of a lower high in the rates. You go back to 2014 for that left shoulder. So if we start to fail out here, it's actually pretty, pretty good tailwind down, not to mention the futures, the 10 year futures double bottomed. To that 2018 low, 117.13. We got down there. I forget the exact low here, but I think it took it out by a tick or two the other day. So it's uh, a pretty nice, nice uh, bottom potential in rates, and I think that could be a really good tailwind. Um, you know, now the dollar index. That's the big question here. Is the dollar index fully breaking out right now above 104? Um, you know, it's. I mean, it's hard to think that we won't see that close above 104 today. Now, do we leave a tail and come in? I don't know. But that's, it does make me nervous on, on the metals, you know, where, where we're seeing gold and silver break some significant levels with the dollar breaking out. It really gives me a signal to step aside uh, on, on the metals here. I was looking at 1850 and, and 2150 as being some pretty big support levels to lean into. And those have failed. So, in fact, the dollar index is moving and doing what it's, do, it's doing right now. It's, it's going to could bring some added pressure to commodities, but crude is certainly ignoring it. Now, the dollar, uh, I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into this with you, Bill, for a second, because uh, while we've seen the dollar rallying as the Fed became a bit more hawkish, I guess I'm wondering, is it uh, kind of leading us here down this, uh, well, dark path in many ways if rates continue to follow ultimately in terms of how it could impact the economy? But uh, I guess, you know, while rates have eased a little bit, it's pretty clear that the fundamentals that have us at these elevated levels remain. And even uh, as recent as yesterday, we heard from Fed Chair Jerome Powell mentioned at the top of the show how he said we can't really affect supply with our policies. And this is many ways supply driven as far as what we're seeing as far as some of the inflationary pressures. Yeah, and that's that's really stoking the inflation fears is that supply side. I mean, with with China remaining in lockdowns, and um, you know, there's there's zero COVID policy. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel at Shanghai, and I don't think it's much of a coincidence that we're starting to see some positive action here in stocks. Now we got a hold, obviously. You're seeing, you know, crude sort of have this really steady grind, and and each a little minor pullback is holding some really good technical support levels, very constructive. It's I don't I don't think that's a coincidence either. Uh, but you know, I I think for for the metals, I would have expected the metals to see a little bit better move on on positive China news. However, again, I think that U.S. dollar, it's, you know, they say you get the dollar right, you get a lot of mm. things right. And the, the Fed is, you know, have sort of had to up their hawkishness in, in recent months. So that's kind of stoked the dollar. You have the, the war in Ukraine that's also been stoking the dollar. And then the, the yen, the sort of unhinged move mm -hmm. in the Japanese yen. So all those are big components in the dollar index, mostly being the, the euro. I think it's 57%. And the yen is number two. It's like 15% or so. I forget exactly. But 
Um, you know, they're all they're all stoking the dollar index, but but the Chinese yuan is is also at the weakest level since since 2020. I think maybe September, October 2020 against the dollar, and we don't see the Chinese yuan in the dollar index. So it's something that that I'd like to keep an eye on to get a pulse on on the metal specifically. So. Yeah, the, the, get the dollar right. You get a lot of things right, and um, but we'll also see rates too. Rates are going to be extremely important here. But you, you're seeing the ten year back down, so you're seeing a little stability. I think above two eight in the in the ten year ten uh, year yield right now. So we're watching that closely too. You know, Bill, a big part of that dollar rally, as you mentioned, the euro currency making up seventy plus percent of the uh, dollar index futures contract, um, and the euro has been coming off. It's been weakening with kind of a mixed message. It does seem like at some point the ECB is going to have to uh, get a little bit more hawkish and, and start to address some of the inflation issues because this is not just a U.S. Uh, driven problem this is ultimately a global concern yeah it, it's it's a global concern and there was some inflation data you know i caught corner of my eye this morning i think um month to month on in spain was actually a, a contraction i don't i gotta check that though but it's there you know we could see i i think we had the cpi data this 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 week and and obviously the month to month move here in the u.s was was a big surprise and i mean i, I you can see if you watch the nasdaq tape it fell 200 points in, in a matter of minutes I mean, it was it was something that was uh, you know really wild to see that, but that was a six tenths increase in CPI from month to month. Now, April was never supposed to be this inflection point where where we would see peak inflation. Now, it was a matter of inflation should be cooling by now, but that was not the case. I mean, really, the the major focus is going to be June, July, and August inflation. You know that that we start to get in July. In, in July, August, and September, and and if that doesn't cool off, then then the Fed is really going to have some issues to deal with, and that's. But you know, between now and then, we may have had some capitulatory action in equity markets and risk assets, and and be able to get a, a rebound into that summer, and that's why you're hearing uh, Fed Chair Powell, yes, in his comments yesterday, not really too upbeat about about confident being confident and a soft landing, but he did reiterate the the 50 basis point hikes in June and July. And I think the reason why they're really going to step on that narrative and, and make that their rhetoric is because they have June and July, because we're going to have inflation for May and June at that point. But if inflation doesn't cool by the end of the summer, then they're going to have their back against the wall. And that's where, you know, it, hopefully we can see the equity market make its way back to, you know, somewhere between 4,300 and the S&P to 4,500 by then. That's, that's something I think would be important. Uh, and, and give really everybody a chance to reevaluate as we head into the summer and, and you know, use those inflation numbers to sort of foresee what the Fed's going to have to do. Bill, as we uh, put this week behind us, uh, a volatile week, a wild week to say the least, um, what do we watch for next uh, a week as we uh, have some housing data I saw coming our way, but um, uh, kind of limited in terms of, uh, well, uh, some of the focal points that we've been so dialed in on as far as like inflation numbers and, and jobs and such. Uh, I mean, here you can see in terms of, it uh, looks like the NAHB, I saw, oh, well, retail sales definitely will be a factor, but I guess the question here being, what do you have your eye on in terms of uh, focal points as the dust settles from some of the uh, price activity we've been discussing? Yeah, it's it's not um, you know ironic. We're in this you know th the third week of, of the month usually has is sort of an open open area for uh, data. We like you mentioned retail sales, and uh, no one no one really expects retail sales to, to be must be this blowout number. So I, I think it's important to keep an eye on the consumer there. Um, but but I think overall you know it, it's it's one of those it could be you know no news good news sort of week if we can close positive here in equity markets. 
get a little bit of momentum. I mean, we're going to have a heck of a battle. And so really, it's going to be more about the technicals next week. And technically, I'm looking at if we can get a nice steady rebound here, I mean, a little ways away still, but a couple percent, we're talking 40, 56 is that low in the S&P that, uh, from, from last week. We got 40, 65, 40, 60s were, were the opening bell highs in the S&P futures that um, you know, we've got to keep a close eye on. We, we really have to get out above there. If we cannot get out above there, then we're then the sellers could really quickly take back and back control. Today, you know, I don't want to see this rally fade. I don't want to see us close today below 3930. I'm nonetheless retest the lows, but we get below 3930 area today, that could be really ugly. So I think it's be important the technicals. And then from a relative strength um, you know, basis, I, I think watch the cues against the consumer staples. So the XL XLP, so QQQ over XLP. You look at that, looking for looking for some relative strength divergence. It's sort of a, a, a strength thrust higher in NASDAQ and tech. So I think tech's been really beaten down. Uh, we've we've uh, been adding tech into some of this weakness here and, and, and really starting to get a little overweight tech and, and, and so in the way I'm actively managing things. So I think a, a good tech rip is is uh, due here. But again, it's about the technicals. And you know if, if we continue to close out above good levels, you don't want to see it close below good levels. Okay. Levels. Possibly with rates coming off, that will help aid that sum. And uh, we will keep a close eye on those levels. Levels again, 4056 to the upside, it sounds like to the downside. Again, 3930 uh, today. Appreciate you joining us here, Bill. Thanks for sharing part of your Friday morning with us, Bill Baruch, the president of Blue Line Futures.